Good evening from First Bank Stadium alongside Joey Dwyer. I'm Billy Derrick coming to you live. I keep saying live. We're not technically live, but whatever. Vanderbilt has lost their eighth straight game. And Joey, same same issues, right? I mean, nothing has really changed. We're talking about uh, the, the same things, just kind of in a different way. And uh, today, the Auburn Tigers you know, looked like a good football team. I mean, 31 to 15, at least in the second half. It's hard to say that in the first half, uh, but I think more of that is Vanderbilt making Auburn look good. Um, and so we'll have all of our takeaways. We'll get to the first sponsor read, though. Um, baseball season content is brought to you by the Murfreesboro Pure Milk Company, a family-owned third-generation milk and ice cream distribution company located in Murfreesboro, a partnership Began over 50 years ago with Purity Dairy in Nashville to provide purity milk and ice cream to consumers in Middle Tennessee. Uh, for more info, visit their website at mpmci.com. All right, Joey. 31-15. Again, we've got our pieces out. You've got offensive uh, report card, defensive report card, your uh, game story as well. Uh, just initial thoughts uh, after this loss. Yeah, really not a pretty football game. And one team, Auburn, was defined by its mistakes and its sloppiness and its poor execution. Vanderbilt took that to another level today and 27 passing guards in the first half won't get it done. Two for 14 on third down won't get it done. 0 for 7 on third down in the first half won't get it done. Vanderbilt didn't have much going for it today. Started to throw it a little bit late in garbage time just because of the softer coverage. I think Clark Lee kind of alluded to that as well. Langston Patterson was all over the field, but hard to find a whole lot of positives today. Billy Auburn's not a good football team, but it had a better running game today, and Vanderbilt couldn't make it play with its left hand. And even when it did, there were some miscommunications on the back end, and Vanderbilt really struggled down the stretch here. And ultimately, fell to a team that made a bunch of mistakes, handed Vanderbilt the ball in good spots on a platter, and Vanderbilt didn't seem to take it. There was fumbles yeah. that Vanderbilt didn't recover. A lot of things that could have gone Vanderbilt's way that didn't because of poor execution and things of that nature. Them not kind of showing up and when it needed to. I think that's something that I've noticed all season on third down, particularly. I wrote. It's a microcosm of this team just not showing up in the right spots and showing up in the right time. I think third down is something that kind of tells you that, and that's a small thing that shows you kind of the big picture on this team, and that's kind of where I lie. Today is a small game, one of 12, that shows you what all 12 are like and what we've seen for 12 games. Yeah, it's just kind of a, a different fragment of, of issue, right? The same issues happened, but uh, just sort of in different ways. I mean, coming into this game, Joey, uh, you know, we said Auburn is going to run the football, right? They've got one of the better backs in the SEC with Jarquez Hunter. But Vanderbilt, I mean, you look up at the stats late in the first quarter, he's got three carries for 121 yards, you know? And so it's just like, it's just kind of mind-blowing where you look at certain things like that, where you know Auburn's going to run the football, and Vanderbilt, whether it's run fits, whether it's mental mistakes, whether it's physical mistakes, and Clark Lee hinted at that after the game. He said, you know, yeah, some of it was mental, but, you know, there were physical mistakes too, right? And, and just not, not in the right spot for whatever reason, right? And so, you know, we talked about Hunter and stopping the run. They couldn't do it. Right. I don't know how many rushing yards Auburn finished with, but I mean, it, it's Over not right. Yeah, not a number that you can you can beat Auburn with. I mean, you have to. They're a good running team, but that was Vanderbilt's only way, right? Loading the box, stopping the run, and they weren't able to do that. And then early in the second half, right, the middle eight, right, late in the first half, early second, Vanderbilt loses the middle eight again, and that is, I mean, that's not even really a common theme anymore. That's it's like a weekly occurrence yeah. for for the, this right. this program and you know and it's not it's not like bad bounces right it, it's there's something instinctually within this program that they can't finish halves and they can't start halves 
uh, at least you know first half, you know second half. They just have not been able to put that middle part of the game together. That's the glue of the game. That's the most important eight minutes of the game. They just haven't been able to do that. So lack of you know defense of not not effort. I mean I saw some lack of effort. I don't think I, I think a lot of it was just not not being in the right spot. Right. I mean they. You know, yeah, they, the Jimmys and Joes are, are not quite there yet, uh, right? But you saw a lot from Langston Patterson today. You saw a lot from Bryce Cowan uh, today. So I think there were some encouraging things, like we always say. Uh, but, again, this program is, is – they're not where it needs to be uh, in terms of, um, you know, leadership, in terms of all the intangibles, right? Uh, it just doesn't feel like there's any cohesion. Uh, you know, you, you, you would see a, a great throw from Seals, but it gets dropped by whether it's Shepard or Humphreys. Humphreys, I thought, could have scored on that one. Um, forget what quarter it was. Everything runs together now. But, you know, and, and then Dericky right back here, right right where we are in front of, you know, he had an easy interception that would have kept the game at 14-7 heading into the half, drops it, Auburn gets a field goal, they go up 17-7, and then they score right out of the half. So, again, it may not have mattered. Uh, and then I mentioned the missed field goal by Burchella. I thought that was big. For whatever, it just felt big, like – same thing in the Auburn game, right? You get some momentum, you have a nice drive, and then boom, you miss a kick. That you can't, that can't happen. And I know it's only three points and it doesn't matter ultimately, but this team has to rely on those hot starts and a kick, a missed kick like that. Just the vibes go down, you know, for, for the for the whole team. So, kind of spread out there, Joey. You know, we we asked Clark about, and I think Chris did about, you know, some some of the play calling, and um, of course there wasn't a ton of info there, but. Yeah, Joe. Ultimately, same same issues. We're just kind of trying to trying to spin it a different way. Yeah, it's interesting. I think the explosive plays were something that stood out to me today. The turnover battle wasn't egregious today. I think the explosive plays were something that really hindered Vanderbilt. Whether that was miscommunication on the back end, whether that was Jeffrey Hugo missing a tackle and no one being there to help him out, whether that was Langston Patterson not filling his gap early. I think Vanderbilt had a lot of things go wrong just in terms of those explosive plays, and it really felt like it was behind the eight ball there. I think that's a great point about the kick. Jacob Borsilla, I think if he made that, you're looking at something a little bit different early on. It and feels It's, it's yeah. so early that maybe something could have shifted at that point. Mm -hmm. It felt like that first drive, how Vanderbilt moved the ball, was pretty sustainable. I mean, it wasn't guys making completely out-of-character plays. It was nice play calls and guys making guys missing space. Really solid drive for Vanderbilt that it doesn't end well. And if you're Vanderbilt, you can't have drives in like that, especially when you move the ball like that, especially when you play a team like that who is going to control the time of possession and maybe isn't going to be the most explosive offense in the world, but it's going to do some good things for you in terms of the run game. And Vanderbilt just can't stop the run at all. We talk about bright spots on the defense like Langston Patterson, like Bryce Cowan. They're still among the worst power five defenses in the country in my mind just because they can't stop the run. And then when they finally stop the run, it's only because they're loading up the box and they can't get help on the back end, which is also a huge weakness. So they have playmakers there. They have young talent, but their defense just isn't good enough right now. And I think Clark Lee would probably tell you that uh, if he was on a true serum. And I don't know if there's much sugarcoating that. Even with C.J. Taylor, still feels like a group that's not quite as capable as you would hope when C.J. Taylor comes back. Uh, maybe that's a different story a little bit, but I don't anticipate it being a whole lot different despite him being their best player. Also interesting, Robbie asked uh, Clark today about was it a disciplinary thing, and Clark didn't completely rule that out. So that was something to watch as well. But there's so, only so much that can go wrong here, Billy. Vanderbilt's 2-8. and Eight-game eight losing streak obviously wearing on everybody in that program, and I think that's kind of where we're at right now, Billy. It's just same story every week. Maybe some good things will happen. Maybe some different things will happen. But ultimately, it's the same result over and over and over again. 
and Vanderbilt looks to be heading towards a winless SEC season after today. South Carolina is a good chance, I guess. Tennessee is a game where anything could happen because it's a rivalry, but this felt like the game you had to get. This is a team that can't throw the ball very well. This is the worst passing attack in the SEC in my mind, and Vanderbilt couldn't take advantage. Vanderbilt wasn't in this game for a lot of the time. When it's 31-7 to against an Auburn team that doesn't throw very well, didn't even throw for 200 yards today against that secondary, I don't know what to tell you, Billy. I think it's more than fundamental technical errors at some point. some point it's Jimmy and Joe's, but today it didn't even feel like that. It didn't feel like the, the gap was that big in terms of talent like it did last week, but it also felt like Auburn was trying to hand Vanderbilt opportunities and Vanderbilt wouldn't take them. So I think that's where we're at, and we're not in a great place right now in terms of where this program's at. Things can change in the offseason, but we'll talk about that more moving forward. We will, and, and as much as fans are dreading uh, the South Carolina game, you know, we're also dreading laundry day. Mm. And uh, is it stealing time to do the things that you truly enjoy? Let the laundry professionals at the Wash House take care of that for you. With two convenient locations in the greater Nashville area, just drop off your dirty laundry and their professional attendance can give you back the one thing you can never have enough of, your time. Log on to their website, that's washhouseclean.com, or stop in today and get your time back. Joey, let's talk about the play calling. Um, there were certain times up in the booth where you know, we kind of looked at each other and went, like, what? what did, did, did that just happen? Was that play just called? Uh, just certain things like that. And that has happened throughout the season. But it feels like these last several weeks we've been doing that more. You mentioned it, Joey. They have weapons on offense, right? I don't like, don't let anybody try to tell you Vanderbilt doesn't have good players on offense because they do. Will Shepard, Jaden McGowan, London Humphreys, Junior Sherrill, Cedric Alexander, Newberry showed out today. I, I say showed out. I mean, you know, he nice looked run. good. Had a nice run and, and, and looked good as a freshman. Yes, I know the offensive line hasn't been sufficient, and that's a good point, and that, that's, that's an argument piece. But there are ways to negate having a poor or subpar offensive line. Quick slants, uh, bubble screens, tunnel screens, slip screens, whatever. I, I, me personally, I just don't feel like they're doing enough of that. And again, we, hindsight's twenty twenty. After plays, we can say they could have done this or they could have done that, yada, yada. But there were certain runs, and, and this, these are the plays that we looked at each other and just kind of were confused. Runs up the middle on first down. Yeah. right? First down is a play that you, know, you can often catch a defense off guard, whether it's a play they haven't seen you run in film or a, you know, just something creative as opposed to running. And it almost feels like you're wasting a play. You pick up one or two or even lose two or three. It just feels like that has happened too often this season. And, and it showed uh, tonight. But you also saw that on top of the play calling, you know, not much chemistry really. You know, I thought Ken did well at times. He wasn't bad today by, by any means, but, you know, I don't think he lit the world on fire. Um, you know, Shepard had a few drops. Humphreys had a few drops. And, and Joey, the issues are just mounting up, mm-hmm. right? On offense, it's almost – it's it, like my brain gets entered into like a matrix – like conundrum whenever I think about the issues offensively. Like I had somebody ask me this a few days ago, like what's wrong with Vandy's offense? You know, what? why, ha, why have they been struggling so much? Honestly, I, I struggled to find the right answer or just one answer, right? I mean, you got the offensive line. You've got, um, you know, this quarterback situation that has been in flux all season. You've got, you know, a receiver in Will Shepard who is arguably the best in the conference at times but also struggles with drops. And so there's just an insane amount of inconsistency at almost every position 
Um, I mean, running backs, there's, you can't really blame the running back play. I, th I think it's gotten better throughout the season. That's one of the positions that I think has gotten better. And Patrick Smith didn't play today, which I thought was interesting. So, I don't know, offensively, Joey, the play calling, I, I just wanted to mention that because I think there were several times where we look at each other and just were confused of, of what play was just called. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure that Vanderbilt's putting his playmakers in positions to succeed. I think when inconsistency happens like it's happening, you have to look at that. I mean, running up the middle on first down over and over again has been an issue all season, and it hasn't worked for them all season. It's different if you have a bell cow back who you want to have the ball 20, 25 times a game, but Vanderbilt doesn't have that right now, frankly. It's two best backs are freshmen at the moment. Patrick Smith's a good player, but ultimately not somebody you want to build your offense around. I think Alexander and Newberry should get opportunities. They need to be able to have touches, but that's not the spot to do it. The play sequence that really baffled me was they ran it up the middle with Cedric Alexander on first down. Then they ran an option play to Ken Seals where he tucked and ran it. Yeah, That didn't work. And then they threw it short of the sticks on third down, which I think is somewhat of a Ken Seals issue as well as a play calling issue. But for whatever reason, Vanderbilt's playmakers on the perimeter aren't consistently being put in positions to succeed. Will Shepard isn't consistently being targeted in one-on-one -on -one coverage when he has it. I guess the offensive line plays hampering in Ken Seals. Ken Seals' mm -hmm. decision-making in terms of what level to throw it to, kind of going through all his reads at times, that's certainly been hindering them, at least today. I don't know if that's been as much of an issue in the past, but point blank, Vanderbilt's position players have not really been put in a position to succeed fully. I think the play calling factors into that. I think the offensive line plays factors into that. Sometimes the quarterback play factors into that, but for a multitude of reasons, Vanderbilt's offense isn't good enough. And you said that well. There's not really one way to articulate why this offense has been so poor. Today was the drops. Today it was poor offensive line play. Ken Seals got sacked six times. Can't happen with a guy who's yeah. not that mobile. They couldn't get the quarterback run game going with Walter Taylor, so they had to pull him and really turn to Seals. There's a lack of continuity at quarterback. I could just go on and on listing reasons. But we've said them all before. you got to kind of limit your takes here. And I think Vanderbilt just has a multitude of issues offensively that a transfer to won't fix. There's got to be some big changes here. And I don't know if that's Joey Lynch. I would like to think maybe it is. But even then, I don't know. I mean, the offensive line isn't good enough. Is their running back room good enough even with some new recruits, maybe even if they get a guy in the portal? It's really difficult to tell at this point, and I struggle to find optimism at times. Then you look at their playmakers, who I think provide a lot, a lot of optimism, but if you can't consistently get results, it's going to be really hard to win SEC football games on offense. Yeah, consistency. I mean, that, 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 honestly, that could be a good word this year, and I know it's so boring, but no consistency. Um, you know, because you have seen flashes. You've seen little flashes all season long defensively. Jeffrey Hugo made a really impressive tackle today on the edge. Uh, you saw Bryce Cowan's interception for the for the pick six touchdown. Uh, you know, plays like that where you go, wow, they've got some young talent, but there's just not enough of it. You know, and there's not that there's not the veteran enough veteran presence to lead those guys in the right direction. Um, so, and, and again, we can we're gonna have an off season podcast about all this coming up after the season. Uh, but a unit that hasn't been disappointing, Maynard Nexon, Government Contracts Group, one of the best good. in the business. They advise government contractors on all aspects of their businesses with a proud focus on matching legal solutions to business needs. Give them a call, 256-551-0171. One more before we wrap this up. Sutherland & Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt or in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call, 615-846-6200, to see what your rights are and if they can help. Joey, let's end it here. The young talent, right? 
that's honestly what the silver lining is, and Clark Lee said that after the game. Uh, he got a really good question from one of our colleagues about the, the young talent from Nashville, right? And I think he, he enjoyed that question. Uh, you know, and Clark, you could tell he was, he was pretty frustrated today. Didn't give the longest answers that we're used to, to hearing from him. Uh, but at the same time, do you blame him? Um, you know, it, it's been a rough season on everybody. But, Joey, as you look behind us for people watching on, on the video, um, you know, that, that's the future of, of this program, a, a beautiful, you know, end zone right and, and it's going to look awesome and then right in front of us nothing's up yet but it's going to be beautiful beautiful on this side as well and this this program's under construction physically like on their with their field but the program as a whole right um and so that's just where they're at but i think the young talent is something is almost what fans are are clinging to if if there are fans out there that are still clinging to something that's what they're clinging to um you know, and I thought it was interesting today. Langston Patterson and Junior Sherrill were the two players to speak after the game. I mean, that's pretty rare to have two young guys, Patterson a sophomore, Sherrill a freshman. And, uh, you know, I think, I think coaches do that on purpose. The coaches are the ones that usually choose those players. Um, you know, and I, think, I just think it's interesting because they're, this program is pointing to the future. I'm not saying they're packing it in this season. No coach would do that. Uh, but you have to look at it realistically and say it's almost like an NFL team. Right. Okay, we're not likely making the playoffs. For Vanderbilt, they're not getting to a bowl. That was made official, what, two weeks ago? So, you know, you got to take everything with a grain of salt and basically accept where you are. But at the same time, the hope that fans and this program is clinging on to by a thread are, is that young talent and the freshmen coming in, Whit Edwards, and guys that we've talked about. And we've talked about this before. But I just think it's interesting, the timing of this construction, getting closer, they've made progress on this, and now Vanderbilt on the field has to make progress. And we haven't seen that, right? Is next year that year? Maybe, who knows, this will be done, right? Behind us, it's gonna be awesome. And then this one up here will be done, so maybe we're two years away, who knows? But the timing of the construction physically here, it's just interesting how it works out, and you can really correlate that to this program. They're still tearing down and building up. Right. That's just that's where they're at. And, you know, we're going to have to deal with it. You know, the fans are going to have to deal with it. This program's going to have to deal with it. Um, you know, as as tough as it is to hear that, that's just where they're at. Um, so I know this I'm not like I'm acting like this is the end of season podcast here, but uh, Vanderbilt still has a game against South Carolina and then Tennessee and Knoxville. But it is time to start talking bigger picture. I mean, we started talking bigger picture two weeks ago. Right. And, and so that's my silver lining, Joey. The young talent is there. But the question is, can they keep them here? Yeah, look, it's the senior class that got on her today. There's some good players in there. Jalen Mahoney's a good player. Matt Hayball's probably going to be an NFL player. But as I walked out and looked at all the guys coming out with their families and such, it was a cool moment. But I also looked out and said, I don't know if there's anybody that, if I'm Clark Lee, I'm incredibly devastated to lose. I think there's a lot of guys who maybe will go in the portal or whatever that you're devastated to lose. But it's kind of a testament to how – the recruiting was before he was here and mm-hmm. kind of how the players have been developed even under him. So I think if you're looking for a silver lining, it's that potentially on senior day in two or three years, when you look at guys like Martel Height and guys like Trudeau Berry graduating, maybe you're a little more heartbroken to lose those guys. And I think yeah. that's something that maybe they can hang their hat on moving forward. The build is a real thing. We look out at construction workers behind the camera right now. I think it's certainly a real thing. Next year, I think, could be a step in the right direction, but the schedule's really, really challenging. 
you look at that end zone, I think Billy mentioned it, but it's going to be in a lot better shape. And Vanderbilt's going to have to find some things, bigger picture that it can hang its hat on. It doesn't really have those things right now. The NIL program has to be a little bit farther along this offseason. The transfer portal stuff has to be farther along as they move forward if they want any chance to kind of continue this build and have some of those senior days where you're a little more sad to see these guys come out. I don't know if there was a single guy in this stadium where the fan base was like, man, it's really going to suck to not have him on the field because I think a lot of Vanderbilt's better players and guys that the fan base has latched on to are younger guys. And Justin Ball's a good player. Jalen Mahoney's a good player. But they're not guys that you're incredibly heartbroken about losing. And that's kind of where I look to the future and say, maybe in a few years you have guys who you're a little disappointed to see go. And the guys who are younger in this program deserve better than what the older guys in this program have received on senior day at the stadium. That entire sideline was full of Auburn fans. That entire sideline was probably 50-50 at most Vanderbilt fans. Billy, I don't know. I guess a lot of the fans who have stuck through this, I think, deserve better. And the players as seniors uh, deserve better. These guys only got, what, two conference wins throughout their entire time and even lost some games that really hindered them moving forward and hindered the build. So I think if, if you're looking forward, you're kind of thinking, hey, maybe you have better days in the future and you can fill the stadium up a little more. It's got to ha- happen with an on-field product, though, and it has to have a better NIL program. It has to have better execution on the field. This team has to learn how to win at some point. Good, talented young players are fabulous. You'd love to have those in your program. But if you can't properly develop them, you can't teach them how to convert third downs like this team can't right now. If you can't teach them not to have these stupid penalties, if you can't teach them to not do these things that even Vanderbilt's older players are doing, I think you're in really rough shape. So we're going to see in the next year or two, can Vanderbilt kind of coach those things out of their players? Can Vanderbilt find ways to accelerate this build in terms of developing NIL, developing the transfer portal? Not 100% sure, Billy, but you certainly have some things you look to and say, hey, if they can nail this down, if they can enhance this skill from their returners, you got a chance. And I think Vanderbilt has a chance moving forward, but it's going to be really difficult as we know. Yeah, it's hard to see a path forward, like a clear path forward uh, with this program. Uh, but, you know, Clark Lee, is, is, he's going to give it his best shot. So is the staff. And I think it's interesting, change is necessary right now. You know, but change is hard. And there's going to be a ton of change this offseason. You know, whether it's coaching staff, whether it's players coming in, coming out, whether it's, you know, whether it's players making more money and fans learning about that. Right? I think fans are going to learn a lot about the commitment this program has in this offseason. And I think this program is going to learn a lot of, about their makeup, right, and, and the coaches, the players, the leadership. Right? Where's the leadership? Where's the pride? Do, do, does, is there a sense of pride that sort of comes out? This offseason, we'll see. And uh, it's, like I said, Joey, it's hard to see a path forward, but we're going to find out a lot this offseason. Again, they still got two games to play. They're not packing it up. Still got South Carolina and Columbia next weekend, and then Tennessee and Knoxville. I think you'll be there. Uh, but that, that's where they're at right now, Joey. And so it'll be interesting. We got, again, two more games Presbyterian basketball against Vanderbilt. What are they? The Presbyterian. Uh, the blue, the blue hose rolling in on Tuesday to face Vanderbilt. Seven o'clock tip-off, right? Uh, yes, sir. So we will be there. Uh, looking forward to basketball season. It's going to be a fun year, and I think fans uh, should be excited overall. And we'll see what happens. We will. Uh, we'll see what happens, Joey. So that's what we got coming up the pipe. Busy week next week with Presbyterian, and then we got another basketball game Friday. USC Upstate. USC Upstate, and then the football game Saturday. So it'll, it'll be fun, Joey.
Yeah, one more thing. I think we'll learn a lot about where this program is and how much of a chance Clarkley has to accelerate this thing and be the guy moving forward by what happens in February, what happens in March, what happens in April. Can they have sustained NIL growth? Can they retain their players that are contributing like Langston Patterson, like a CJ Taylor? Can they keep those guys in the program? I think that tells you a lot about what this is moving forward. Is there a mass exodus? We're going to figure out pretty quickly if Clarkley has a chance here. And it'll be exciting to cover that and also exciting to cover basketball, like you said. But yeah. I think this program has a lot of question marks, potentially a brighter future, but it's going to be a difficult build. Next year is going to be really, really challenging. And we're going to learn a lot about where this program stands and how much of a chance they really have moving forward. It can't just be a young player here or there. It has to be a whole group and a whole culture and a whole program jointed together and committed to moving forward and improving and I think they're committed to that but they don't have the right things in place right now they certainly have an opportunity to do those things and to compete with the rest of the league so Billy I'm excited for basketball I'd like to temper expectations there a little bit uh, but I think they got a chance they certainly have a chance they probably have a better chance than Clark had moving into this year I think Stack has a real chance to get his team back to the tournament if everything goes right but We'll see, man. Certainly going to be a, a, ne a tough next couple weeks, but maybe brighter things on the horizon and be a really interesting offseason for this program. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, entertaining, maybe even more entertaining than the season on the field itself. But that'll do it. Vanderbilt loses to Auburn, 31-15, to saying so long. That's Joey Dwyer. I'm Billy Derrick. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Vandy Sports Podcast.